Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our I Believe God Sermon Series. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. As we get started this morning, just want to ask you if you've ever noticed how things change over time. You ever notice how things change over time as we... Uh, of course, next week is the church's uh, ninth anniversary, and with that in mind, I always, I always kind of get sentimental, you know, and I begin looking at pictures and thinking back, and, and I rehearse about how uh, some things have changed, and uh, this is the auditorium. This is the, the, the week before the church was started. This is what the auditorium looked like. Of course, there, the previous church that was here was closing down and gave us the building to start a brand new church, and I look at what it looks like and what it looks like now. Man, it's changed a lot. A lot of great positive changes, and I remember those early days. Um, some of there, let's see, Mrs. Honeycutt was here, Miss Barbara was here, Miss Sharon, Jeremy back there, and Brother Mike. Brother Mike, where are you at? Brother Mike back there, and a few others maybe came during that first year. And I remember going room to room, and there was like one storage room, and another storage room, and another storage room, and church needed a new roof, and the windows and doors. And I remember kind of thinking, man, this is this is crazy. What, am I, what have I got myself into? And I remember people like Brother Mike coming up and saying, hey, don't worry about it, Pastor. God will provide. God will provide. Remember us raising money for these chairs, and we were trying to raise $12,000 for the chairs, and so we put a big board up here, and we had 250 chairs, and I said, I want everybody to sponsor a chair for you and somebody else. It's, that'd be $100. And I remember just a matter of, of uh, man, I think it was a matter of eight months, six months, that God provided those chairs, new roof, got the AC unit in, all new windows, all new doors, all, all the new sound stuff. And then we go through being broken in multiple times and things being stolen. And man, God just brought us through all that. You say, well, what's happened? Things have changed. Man, things change over time. Something else I noticed that change is like people. <clears throat> people change. We'll see some of these photos next week and stuff. But uh, the photo on the left, that was uh, like week two or three, you know, and here we are, you know, year nine, and that, that photo is even almost a year old, the one on the right. And that's how often we take family photos together, you know? <laughs> My kids are afraid I break the camera or something. But, man, you know what? I look, and things change, and people change. And let me tell you this morning that if you, if you think about it, time alters things. It changes things. Time, it, it reshapes some things. This morning, what I want to talk to you about is not how time reshapes things or changes things. I want to talk with you about how real biblical faith can change things. And I want to look at it from this angle. The biblical faith, it reshapes some things. It does. Biblical faith can absolutely alter things completely. To help us discover this, we're going to look at the story of one woman whose existence was reshaped because of her faith in an all-powerful God. Her story is found in Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to stand with me, if you would, a synopsis of, of her story. Her name is Rahab, and we're going to be in Hebrews 11 to start, and then we'll see her story in Joshua 2. But one verse to start this morning, Hebrews 11 and verse number 31. The Word of God says this, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, 
when she had received the spies with peace. You know what happened is God would work in the life of Rahab. Rahab will tell her story in just a moment. But she is one that when we look at where her life was and where her life ended up, it was because it was all, it was all reshaped. It was all altered because of her faith in a powerful God. And so I want to look this morning at just the truth that a biblical faith, it can reshape some things. It reshaped it in her life, and it can do it in your life and mine as well. And so let's pray, and let's ask the Lord to help us this morning with your heads bowed and eyes closed. just want to ask you in the, the quietness of your own heart, would you just take a moment and just ask God to speak to you today? Just ask him to speak into your heart in a personal way today. And then make a commitment. God, as you speak to me, I'm listening to you. And I'll make a decision based upon how you speak to me today. Dear Lord, we come before you and we thank you for the word of God and thank you for how you use it to give us direction, to give us comfort and help. Lord, I pray that as we go through the service this morning that you would do the heart work that only you can do in each of our lives. I pray, God, that as we go through the message that your words would ring true and um, be loud into our hearts and our minds. I pray that if there's someone here that does not know you as their personal Savior, that God, today would be the day they trust you. Father, for those that do know you as, a sa- as their Savior today, I pray you'd help us to understand that faith in our all-powerful God, it can change some things in our life. And so, Father, I pray that as we go through the morning that you would just use everything that's said and done to work in our lives. We love you. We thank you for your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As you come to uh, the life of Rahab in Hebrews 11, we're actually going to find her life in Joshua 2. And so I want you to take your Bible and go to Joshua chapter number 2, and we'll be there in just a moment. Joshua chapter number two, we're not going to read the entire chapter. It's the whole story of Rahab, Joshua two, as well as uh, her story is found in Joshua chapter number six. But the story in Joshua chapter number two, you find the children of Israel on the east side of the Jordan River. They're going to cross over, of course, If you have paid attention to Bible history at all, then you know that the Jordan River was kind of that entry point of the children of Israel into the promised land. Some would say, well, what is the promised land? Years before, God had selected a man by the name of Abraham, and he had, he had actually called Abraham by faith to trust him, and Abraham chose to trust God. And so God said, I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to start a brand new people, a, a people that will worship me and follow after me, and I'm going to give them or promise them a land. That's why we call it the promised land. It was promised to Abraham and, and to his children or his, his uh, um, seed, his family, and they would be called the, the children of Israel, all right? The children of Israel would be actually Jacob years later, but all of it dates back to Abraham. And so they have the promised land that's given to them. Well, the story tells us in the book of Genesis and then into Exodus, the book of Exodus helps us see that the children of Israel, they were actually held captive after Joseph in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then a man rose up by the name of Moses, God used Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he was supposed to take them to the promised land. Well, if you know the story, you know then that Moses would go to take the people into the promised land, but the people doubted. 
And they said, no, we, we don't believe. There's giants in the land. God can't give the land to us. There, It's too big for us. It's too much for us. And you'll find that that doubt caused God to say to Moses and the people, fine, I won't give you the promised land, but I'll give it to your kids. But instead, you guys are going to wander in the desert for 40 years. And they lived the years of wandering in the desert. Oh, they belong. Listen, they belong to God. They were God's people but they were not experiencing the fullness of God because they had not taken God at his word and stepped out by faith to follow him. Let me just make a quick comparison, and I, I'd li- I like to do it every time we talk about it. There's a lot of Christians that are living a desert Christian life. And what I mean by that is they know that God is in their life, they know that Jesus is their savior, but they're missing out on the promises that God really has for them because they have yet to really follow him in faith. And we'll look at the children of Israel and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they would do that. What were they thinking? Why didn't they just cross over? I mean, here they had this great land and all these promises from God. Why didn't they just take God at his word and live by faith? But there's a lot of Christians doing the same thing. And so I hope that we would maybe look at the life of the children of Israel and let it be a little bit of a challenge to us that, you know what, God help me not to live by sight, but to live by faith. And that's what we're looking at even this morning. So you fast forward, the children of Israel, they've been wandering the desert for about 40 years. Now they're going to cross over into the promised land. Well, as soon as they come over into the promised land, there's going to be one city. It's a fortified city. The name of the city was Jericho. That'd be the first place that they come to. Now, we need to know that the children of Israel, they, were not, uh, they weren't uh, warriors. They weren't soldiers. They weren't trained in battle. They were really had been slaves for all those years. And this generation was actually raised in the desert. You know, I mean, they were just nomads. And yet they're going to come and face this place of Jericho. So what happens in Joshua chapter number two is Joshua sends out two spies He sends two spies into Jericho to spy out the land. Those spies, they come, the Bible tells us, into Jericho, and they go to a woman's house. Her name is Rahab the harlot. She's a prostitute. Many believe the reason they would go to her house is because she would echo in of Jericho, a little hotel that would be in the walls of Jericho. Some believe that, well, she was just a harlot and just, they just knew that if they went there, no one would think anything different. Regardless of what people think, the Bible tells us that they showed up at Rahab's house. Well, right as they show up, guards are coming. And you go to Joshua 2, go home and read it this afternoon. It's a great story. The guards are coming. And the guards come, they knock on the door, and she hides the, the soldiers. She hides the spies. And she comes and she, can I help you, men? And they say, where are the two spies that came into you? She says, um, two men did come, but I don't know where they went. I don't know where they went. And, and she lied. People say, oh, it wasn't a child of God yet. She didn't know any different. And how could she be in the hall of faith because she lied? Listen, she wasn't a child of God yet. She didn't know any different. She was trying to secure her own neck when she lied. It doesn't justify it and make it right. It's just the fact that she didn't know. But she lies she, secure, she saves them, and then she says to them, she says, hey, we know God's given this into your land. God, God's given the land into your hand. We know that the children of Israel serve the one true God. Would you allow me to live when you guys overtake the city? I believe in your God. I want to follow your God. Would you allow me to join up with you? 
And they told her the instructions. They said, why don't you just hang a red cord out of your window, a red a, a scarlet thread out of your window. When you do that, we'll know this is your house and anybody in your house will be saved when we come. Well, Joshua 6, the story happens that they go and they overtake Jericho and she's saved. But then when you go to Hebrews, we read the verse that we started with. That because of her faith, her faith, she was identified with the children of God. I want us to see this morning that the faith of Rahab completely reshaped everything in her life. I want us to read just a few verses as we go to Joshua chapter number 2. And I want you to see what she says, because this really helps us identify her faith. In Joshua 2, verse 8 through 11, it says this. This is right after the, the guards are gone, and now she's speaking with those men. It says, before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. So this would be just a little part uh, above her roof, not above the roof of the whole city, but her roof. And it says that she met with them, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. And that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. You know what's amazing about that? That took place 40 years before. 40 years, the children of, or excuse me, 40 years, the, the folks in Jericho had been scared. It says, and we've heard what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. She says to them, hey, your enemies have heard about you and we're afraid for our lives. She's saying, your enemies are trembling because of your God, and I trust your God. I have faith in your God. And so she asks, like I said, to be spared, and here's what the word of God records for us in Joshua chapter 6. It says, Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman, and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And then it says in verse 25 that Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel and even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Rahab was saved. Her family was saved. She became a follower of God. She was identified with the people of God. I would say, looking at just this story, just a synopsis of this story, that Rahab's life from the start of Judges 2 Rahab's life there was different than it was in Joshua chapter number six. See, in Joshua two, she was headed to destruction. In Joshua six, she's identified with the people of God. In Joshua two, she's one standing on the outside looking in. In Joshua six, she's standing on the inside seeing God work. Rahab's belief in God, it changed her life. It reshaped her faith because real faith in God reshapes some things. I want you to see very, very quickly with me this morning what her faith reshaped. Notice, first of all, that her faith reshaped her ideas of God. Her faith reshaped her ideas of God. Rahab's faith, her belief, her trust, her faith in God, it altered her perspective of God. It altered what she thought about God. 
Notice what we read just a moment ago. If you go to Judge, or Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 8, as Rahab speaks to the spies, she relays to them how the people of Jericho thought about God. Verse 8, it says, Your terror is fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Verse 11, as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither, was there any, uh, neither did there remain any more courage in any man. As she's recounting to these uh, uh, spies, she says to them, listen, the people are terrified of you. We are scared of your God. We are afraid of who your Jehovah is. And may I say rightly so? They were afraid of God, and rightly so, because they saw his power. But I want you to see that when they saw God's power, do you know what they saw? They saw a threat. Because he had, he had said, we're going to come in and destroy you, in which, of course, he was a threat to them. But I want you to know that while Rahab also was with the people of Jericho, she saw him as a threat, but her faith in him changed her perspective of him. Because by the end of verse number 11 and down through verse 12 and 13, notice what it says. Verse 11, she says, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, by Jehovah, since I showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. You know what? By the end of verse number 13, her belief is that God's power could work in her life and for her life, not against her life. That's what changes. Her belief is, I don't just see your God working against me like the threat that he is. I believe that your God can work in my life. You know what she sees him as? She sees him as the God that she wants to follow, the God that she wants to claim. She sees him as the God of heaven and earth. She sees him as creator God. She sees him as someone who can be, be trusted in. She is not just afraid of God. No, instead, she sees God as someone that she desperately needs in her life. Her perspective changes because of her faith. You know, biblical faith is going to reshape my ideas of God. It's going to reshape how I view God. It's going to, reach, it's going to change how I perceive God and my perspective of him. And the truth is this, that faith changes your perspective of God from seeing him as a tyrant waiting for you to mess up to seeing him as a powerful father working for you, not against you. That's what real faith does. Real faith says, I don't just believe that God wants to strike me down. I believe that God can work in my life, not against my life. That's real faith. When you and I take steps of faith, it changes how we see God. We see him as a God who loves me and wants what's best for me, rather than viewing him through the lens of a God who's on the warpath. Rahab's faith saw the power of God at work in her life. She knew that God had worked in the Israelites uh, by using them to conquer the land, and she said, I want that kind of power working in my life. Can I help us this morning that when you take steps of faith for God, when you take little faith decisions that God asks you to take, your focus then becomes upon what God could do and wants to do rather than upon what God isn't doing. It changes our perspective. 
It helps us see that God wants to work for us, not against us. Well, that's a Bible principle, isn't it? The Bible says, if God, can, if God be for us, who can be against us? But you see, a lot of Christians in their life, we view God as a, we view him as a disciplinarian father. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God discipline his children? Well, yes, a loving father does. But you know, we, we view God as often, I take my belt off, but too long to get back on. Just picture me holding the belt. Some Christians view God like this. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Just mess up. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to misbehave, Christian. I'm waiting for you to stumble. Oh, oh, oh. You know, and we view God as this disciplinarian that's just waiting to strike us down. Can I just tell you right now that while God while God does bring and while God does allow consequences for sin, that the Bible so much more focuses in upon God's love and desire for you to walk with him rather than focusing upon his discipline in your life. He says, I want you to walk with me. I want to be a father that, that you walk with and that you are close to. And can I just say that when a, a believer takes faith steps, it's going to reshape how we view God because we, it's like what we looked at with Sarah. We trust who we know. If you get to know God, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to want to trust him. And the more you trust him, the more you're going to want to get to know him. It's going to reshape how I view God. And her faith, Rahab's faith, it reshaped her ideas of God, what she thought about him and her perspective of him. Not only reshaped her ideas of him, but it also reshaped her interests for God. It reshaped her interests for God. Uh, Rahab's faith, it reshaped what she gave attention to. It reshaped what she gave attention to. I want you to look with me, if you will, her story. Joshua 2, verse 14, down through verse number 21. Notice what it says. It says, and the men answered her, our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves, and uh, hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. We will be blameless. Um, let's go back to that. We will be blameless if this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's house household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thine house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be uh, quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line 
in the window. You know what the men do? The men give her instructions about hanging the cord out the window and the instructions of bringing the family into the house and the instructions of don't tell anybody. And if you do these things or if you, if you don't bring people in or you don't put the scarlet thread out or if you uh, tell folks, then we're going to be, we're gonna be a quit of this. We're not held to this anymore. We're going to be guiltless of what happens. But Joshua 6 and Hebrews 11 will tell us that she did exactly what the men had requested. She saves the men, and her faith showed up in obedience, and it showed up in actions. I tell you what she did is she protected the spies. She put the cord out the window. She brought her family in. She didn't tell anybody, and in the end, her life was completely affected by it. She is now one who's interested in what the people of God were giving her. If I can say it this way, and we'll look at it, what the men gave her to do, I believe that God helped them give her those instructions. And we're going to see why in just a minute. But I believe this is really the word of God through these men to her. So she's not obeying the word of the spies She's actually obeying the word of God. She's obeying the instruction of God. I want you to understand and see something with me this morning that the people of Jericho, do you know what they were interested in? You can go and you can find it in Joshua 6. They're interested in securing their own interests. They're interested in in, uh, defending Jericho. They begin to ridicule the people. They're interested in themselves and in what they can get. They're interested in defending the city. That's what the people of Jericho were interested in. But do you know what she's interested in, Rahab? She was interested in what does God want. She was interested in, I'm going to obey what the spies have given me because I believe that is from their God. And then do you know what happened is it showed up as action in her life. What she believed affected the decisions she made. When you look at Rahab, I believe that we could say that she is now interested in following the word of God. And that in turn affected her actions. Her actions changed because of her faith in an all-powerful and all-loving God. And can I tell you this morning that the same is true in your life, that biblical faith It is going to reshape our interests and our actions for God. We become concerned about seeking him. When we take steps of faith, we become concerned about what does God want in this decision? What does God, how does God want me uh, to move forward in this? We become concerned about honoring him in and with our actions. And uh, I just want to show you this, that Jesus said it this way. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they, what's the last two words? They follow me. Hey, my sheep, those who belong to me, when I speak to them, they follow me. What does that tell us? That tells us that when God speaks to me, it's going to show up in the decisions that I make. 
And when I'm a Christian that's living by faith, and, and many people in here, we would claim to live by faith. Oh, I, I like to live by faith. I'm going to live by faith this coming week. I'm going to live by faith at the workplace, and I'm going to live by faith with my family, and I'm going to live by faith in all these aspects of life. Can I just say that when you're living by faith, and I'm living by faith, it is going to show up in the decisions that I make. I can't be a Christian who says, well, I'm living by faith, and then when at the workplace God says, well, I want you to speak up for your faith, and I go, no, I can't do that. Now, can I tell you right now, are there some places and some things at work that, you know what, there's some certain times when maybe you should or shouldn't talk about the Lord? But can I tell you that like at lunch break, when everybody else is talking about their lives, a Christian is welcome to say something about the Lord. And if the Lord ever impresses that upon you and I, if I'm living by faith, it's going to show up in action. I'm going to, I'm going to speak about it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit there at the lunch table and be like, well, I went to church this weekend. You're all dying and going to hell. <laughs> no, there's going to be grace and truth, all right? And that's for a whole different message. But here's the thought. Here's the thought is that every believer, when we're following God by faith, that faith is going to affect how we make decisions. It's going to affect our actions. And you look at this, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, where we're going to be next week, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Since we live by faith, our decisions and how we steward our life is going to change. And Rahab's faith, it reshaped her ideas about God, her perspective of God, and it, it reshaped her interests for God. Now she's not interested in all that she wants. No, she's interested in what he he wants, and that should really be something in your life and mine, that if I'm truly following God by faith, I'm concerned, God, what do you want in my life and in this day? And one challenge I gave to our couples class about a year ago, and many folks said it was a challenge to them. I said, listen, when you wake up in the morning, just commit the day to God. God, I, I want to give you this day, and God, I want to ask you, would you help me know what decisions you want me to make today? That's living by faith and saying, God, my faith in you is going to affect my actions for you, my interests, my decisions. I see this morning that her faith reshaped her, her uh, ideas and her interests, but then lastly, notice that it reshaped her identity in God. Her faith reshaped her identity. I love it as you come to Judges chapter number two. I said it a moment ago that Rahab, she's an enemy of God awaiting destruction. Judges two, when you find Rahab, She's of the inhabitants of Jericho awaiting destruction. But when you exit Judges or Joshua chapter number six, sorry, not Judges two, Joshua two. When you exit Joshua six, you find that Rahab is numbered with the people of God and experiencing deliverance from God. All right, ignore the judges on here. It's Joshua. Okay, Joshua two, she's an enemy of God awaiting destruction. Joshua 6, she's numbered among the people of God and experiencing deliverance. I'd say that's a change in her identity. She was identified as an enemy, and now she is one of God's people. Her faith decision reshaped the identity of who she was. But can I tell you, it also reshaped the identity of her family. Rahab's faith in God, it reshaped who her family was. Look at it. Joshua, Joshua chapter number six and verse number 25. I have judges literally written on all of my notes right here. I have no idea why. 
Now you know that I mess up in my office and here. Joshua 6, 25, it tells us that her decision, listen, her decision to follow God by faith, it didn't just affect her life. Joshua 6, 25 says that all of her family is saved. Her whole family was affected. I mean, her faith affected where her family ended up. Her faith affected the fact that her family was not destroyed with God, but now they too are numbered among the people of God. It reshaped her family, but can I tell you, it also reshaped her future. Oh, and this is an awesome one. It reshaped her future. If we said already, she was numbered among the people of God, but I want us to know something else. Rahab, the story tells us, she would go and she would marry a man by the name of Salmon. They would have a child. His name is Boaz. Boaz would marry a Moabitess woman named Ruth. Ruth would be the mother of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of King David. Rahab is the great-great-grandmother of David. I would say that it changed her future. But even more than that, Rahab is now in the family line of David. But even more than that, you can go to Matthew chapter number one and you read this. Salmon beget Boaz of Rechab, which is Rahab, and Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse David. And you'd look at this and we'd say, well, what is this? What's Matthew one? Matthew one is the lineage of Jesus Christ. It dates Jesus and his heritage and who he is associated with. And so listen, here we find Rahab the harlot, the inhabitant of Jericho, sentenced for destruction. And what do we find? We find her listed, not only among the people of God, but now she's in the family line of Jesus Christ. What a story. This heathen woman found in the lineage of Jesus, this same harlot who was an enemy of God is by faith brought into the people of God and becomes one of the line of the Messiah of the world. Literally, can I tell you, her faith changed her identity. It changed who she identified with. It changed her family. It changed her future. Why? Just because she trusted God. Oh, she didn't go through and do a bunch of things. No, she just believed God. That's what Hebrews 11.31 says. By faith, Rahab is numbered among the people of God, not, uh, not, again, not numbered among the enemies of God. All by faith. Not only was Rahab delivered uh, from judgment, but she became part of the nation of Israel. She married Salmon and gave birth to Boaz, who was an ancestor of King David. Imagine a pagan harlot becoming a part of the ancestry of Jesus Christ. That is something that faith can do. Because it's faith in a powerful God. I love how one man said it. He said said it this way, the greatness of sin is no match to pardoning mercy, forgiveness, and the grace of God. And can I just say the same is true for you and I. Think about this, our initial faith at the moment of salvation, that moment when you trusted Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and you put your faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, when you did that, you know what changed? Your identity as an enemy of God. You move from enemy to child. And I love it, Romans 8, 15. Don't ever get over this verse. It says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. 
That, that phrase right there, it means, listen, when you trusted Christ, you weren't brought in as a slave to be held to fear. You know, slaves were afraid of their masters. What's he going to do today? No, that's not, that's not what you received. No, when you receive Christ, you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Man, adoption, you moved. Listen, when you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, your identity changed. What it changed from? Enemy going for destruction, child of God, now experiencing deliverance and a relationship. Enemy, child. There's a big difference, isn't there? Man, what a, what a blessing. But how did that change? Well, pastor, it's because I got baptized. No. Well, it's because I did a bunch of things. No. No, it's because you came to the place where you said, I believe. I believe. Faith changes your identity. But can I tell you that it not only just changes your identity regarding eternity, but it should change your identity right now. Did you know when Rahab was there, I don't believe that the people of God would... The Bible tells us in Joshua 6 that she's numbered among the people of God, and it says, even to today. So this is Joshua 6 written years after everything. I don't believe that people were like, oh, <clears throat> there's Rahab, the person from Jericho. <laughs> no, it says that she's numbered among the people of God. She was one that she was taken in. Oh, at first they had her, you can go do the research. At first they had her, they had her and her family camp outside of the, the congregation. They were like, we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if she's a spy. But then as she married in, man, she just became part of the family. Now her identity is, I'm a child of God. Oh, I'm from Jericho, but I'm a child of God. Can I tell you right now that faith not only reshapes our identity at salvation, but also after salvation. God wants, to, God wants you to be identified as a child of God after salvation. Let me tell you that faith reshapes everything about our life. I'll close with these thoughts. When Hannah and I got married... When we married, she became Hannah Fountain. Her name was no longer Hannah Perkins. She took on my name. When we got married, you know what happened is we began to get to know each other. And pretty soon, my identity as Dennis Fountain began to change. Her identity as Hannah Perkins, it began to change. Now, really, there's very few people that I meet that say something like, oh, Dennis Fountain. Oh, I remember you, the mascot. That doesn't happen very much. I was a mascot in high school a little bit. Dennis Fountain, oh, I remember you. You played on the basketball team. Wait, you set the bench on the basketball team. I don't hear that very much. Dennis Fountain, oh, you played some football. Oh, Dennis Fountain, didn't you play third grade baseball in Best Way Concrete? That was the name of my team. That was the sponsor, so that was our name. How do you come up with a cheer for that, you know? We'll bury you alive. I don't know. Listen, I, I don't really meet a lot of people that know me as Dennis from all those years ago. Now, you know what I meet now? 
people that go, oh, Dennis, oh, you're married to Hannah. People, oh, Dennis, oh, you're, and they identify, I'm, I'm identified now because of my marriage. You know what? I love it. That changed. It changed how I'm identified. It changed my future. It changed my responsibilities. It changes everything. And can I just tell you that your faith in Christ, it not only changes your now and your eternity, but it changes your every day. You are now a child of God, but now you should also find your identity in him and in your relationship with him. As a child of God, now uh, I do things for God's glory. I want people to see him. As, as a husband, you know what? I want people to know about my wife, and I want people to know about her talents and who she is. And I'm not going to walk into a room and say, hey, uh, I want everybody to meet me. No, I want you to meet my wife. I want you to know who she is. Why? It's going to change a little bit of the identity, and the same is true for a Christian. Once you know the Lord, your identity changes from I want people to see me to I want people to see my God. Now I desire that people would see God through me, and that should be our idea and our uh, intent now that we know Christ as Savior. You're not your own individual, the Bible says, but you're bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, now that I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God first. I think a lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that when you go to work this week, you're a Christian first. When you go home today as a husband, oh, you're a husband, but if you know Jesus, you're a Christian first. You're a dad first, sir. You're a, or excuse me, you're a Christian before you're a dad. You're a Christian before you're a mom. Man, I'm a child of God. And if I'm looking at it in that light, it's gonna change again. It's gonna change those decisions. It's gonna change my perspective. But all of it falls back to faith. Biblical faith, it changes some things. Just as a diamond is reshaped, your life is reshaped through biblical faith. When you and I got saved, our faith reshaped us. I became a child of God. But then when I step out by faith, it reshapes. It reshapes my surroundings, reshapes my potential. You see, real faith sets you apart. Real faith, it changes you and it changes your future. Changed everything about Rahab. Real faith, really, it goes against the normal. You see, it's normal to fit into society and just go along with the belief systems of our world, living by sight and living by your own accomplishments. But real faith, a real belief in God, it pursues him and it sets a person up for that which only God can do. And so I want to ask you a question today. Is your faith reshaping some things in your life? Has it reshaped how you view God? Do you see God as that, that disciplinarian waiting for you to mess up, or do you see him as a loving father with open arms saying, walk with me? Does your faith, is, is it changing your uh, decisions for God? Those actions, those interests, has your faith changed your identity? If these things are not true, then maybe it's because you're not following him in faith. But maybe this morning the decision you need to make is to put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. I ask you that question. Have you placed your faith in Jesus for salvation? Do you know if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Are you 100% sure that Jesus has forgiven you of your sin and that he is in your life? You see, because that, that's the most important decision we could make is the decision for faith regarding our salvation. You see, Jesus loved you and he gave his life for you and for me. He died upon a cross. He was perfect. We are not. And yet he paid the penalty for us.
The Bible says that he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He took our sin upon him on that cross so that we could know forgiveness and know eternal life. And so this morning, if you're here and you've never placed your faith in Jesus for salvation, that's the first step of faith you need to take to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to come into your life, to save you. God, I'm not trusting in me anymore. I'm not trusting in my good works anymore, in my church attendance. God, I'm trusting in you. Maybe that's a decision you need to make. Take a Bible. If you're a man, we'll pair you up with a man, lady with another lady, and they'll show you from the word of God how you can know you're going to heaven. If you do know Jesus Christ as your savior, I just wanna ask you, how's, how's, faith, how's your faith reshaping you? How's it reshaping that view of God, those decisions for God, your identity in God? You see, biblical faith, it's gonna reshape some things. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.